22. Um, the first five verses we're going to look at here, and then we probably will have three more studies after this and finish up Revelation. Uh, been quite a study. I've been super blessed. I found that, uh, that, that encouragement or exhortation we get in the beginning of it, blessed are those who read and hear and keep the words of this prophecy will be blessed. Uh, I think it's my fourth time teaching through the book and I have been more blessed than the first three times and I was blessed those three times as well. I hope you guys have been as well. And uh, by God's grace, you know what, let's continue to read and hear and then keep, which, you know, keep these promises in our heart as well. It's a, it's a, it's a charge to keep the instructions here. And I think two of the big instructions that we get is, you know, for the believer uh, and, and there's many for us, especially in those letters to the churches, but to, to really be in the world, but not be of it, to come out from it, you know, to be set apart, to be different, uh, to be salt and light in a world and not be putting our hope in those things that are going to pass away, but absolutely in our hope, our hope in the Lord and, and what he has for us while being effective here. In fact, the best way to be effective here is to understand eternal matters and things It puts everything in the right perspective and then the other, you know, great promise and even exhortation, and it's mentioned three times in Revelation 22. In our next three studies, it will probably be, I'm coming quickly, part one, two, and three, and we'll finish out. It's Jesus saying, behold, I'm coming quickly. And, uh, you know, that's a blessing to know, to keep that in your heart. Is Jesus your Lord? Can you say amen to that? Amen. Our Lord is so good. Our Lord didn't just demonstrate he demonstrates it's a continuing the demonstration of his love shown to us through the work of the cross and again every good and perfect thing comes from the father of lights it's from heaven that 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 god is coming back for us and he's coming quickly which means he's coming quickly and it also means when you start to see these end times things unfold it's like birth pains and they're going to come faster and faster and faster and faster and so it's all the more we need to be watching and looking because it seems like this world's in great travail right now. It seems like it's in labor and it doesn't seem to be slowing down but speeding up and the delusions seem to be thicker and thicker. The insanity seems to be more and more insane and it's a world again that is just uh, uh, in labor and it's going to bring forth the birth of the Lord again, so to speak, coming for his church. So we want to keep those things in our hearts. And then again, last week, we began to see that new heaven and new earth, the old things passed away. We really looked a lot at the outside. We, we saw, you know what, the incredible magnitude of the new Jerusalem. And we saw that, again, the width and the height it's all going to be equal all the way around. Some, you know what, envision it as a cube. Some people envision it as maybe a, a pyramid. Um, I don't know. I, I guess you can make arguments for both. I'm seeing more of a cube, but, but we'll see. And we saw that this thing will be the size of the, if you go from the Canadian border to the Gulf of Mexico, from the Colorado Rockies to the East Coast, bigger than the moon. And remember, 20 billion people live there. Every person would have one square cube mile. So it is massive. It's going to be huge. And it's just, some people say, that's impossible. Well, the earth you're walking on right now is bigger. And guess what? God spoke and it came to an existence. So 
it ain't impossible. It's, it's going to happen. These words are true. In fact, again, next week we'll, say, we'll see the Lord saying these words are sure. These words are true. Everything, everything laid out. And I think even if you go back to, the, to, to again, a lot of the things that we're leading up to now and a lot of the things in the tribulation, we, we see how, oh, yeah, all these things are possible. You know, two witnesses dead in a street and the whole world looking. You know, a mark that people have to take to buy and sell. Look at it, in times past, they would say, well, that's impossible how that can happen. And we're like, oh, no, that's possible. That, that, could, that could happen and be implemented right now. And all the more. You look at a new heaven, a new earth, a new Jerusalem. Look at that. That's not impossible. We're walking around on the earth that God made right now that's been tainted by sin. But we just marvel at the great magnitude of this new Jerusalem. Again, heaven really in a way coming down to earth. And then we saw just the glorious uh, crystal clear precious stones and, you know, the pearly gates and the, is it street or streets? I had a conversation with some about that. We'll talk a little bit about that tonight of pure gold. Uh, considered again, those foundations with the apostles named inscribed on those stones because again, the foundation is the Lord. Their names inscribed because the Lord used them to help lay down the foundation of the church, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. And just as we know that we're inscribed in the Lord's hands, we read in the Psalms, you know, those piercings that we'll see in his hands for eternity, that's us inscribed, his people inscribed in his hands. But we didn't save ourselves. Jesus is our Savior. And so we consider that, and then we saw that, again, there'll be no night, and that the Lord Jesus Christ God himself will be the light. There'll be no sun, no moon. And listen, no doubt, it will be a perfect, perfect light. We'll touch a little more on that, Lord willing, here tonight. Because tonight we get to enter in. We get to enter into this new Jerusalem and begin to consider. And I'll tell you, we won't be disappointed. It won't be a matter of, wow, the outside looks so good, but then I went in. I think about Jesus with the Pharisees, you know, you look so beautiful outside, but you're like a whitewashed tomb. You're like a cemetery. You drive through that cemetery and everything, the grass is just cut just right and there's flowers everywhere and it's all kept up. But if you start digging underneath, you're going to find dead man's bones. You know, those Pharisees that would put a show on the outside with, you know, their, their, their garments perfect and everything looking like it was in order, but inwardly inwardly they were sour um it's funny because in going through the the revelation i have so many old notes and i'll kind of look through my own notes and i I found a a great illustration that i used and i think when i used it one of the previous times it was probably right after some sort of vacation we went on because i talked about the 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 winchester mystery house and talked about how as a kid i always wanted to go there because if especially if you're from the bay area those signs are everywhere winchester mystery house and it looks so mysterious and so forth and you know oh man i like to go there you know it it, it, the advertising worked on a simpleton like me i wanted to go and uh i'd mention my dad like we're not wasting our money on that you know and just out of the question where there's no way we're ever going well i became a man one day and then uh we i remember up in san jose and uh it's right over there by santana row and uh, I think it was, I don't know, was that all the kids or just us? I don't know. Might have been the older kids. And, and I'm, I'm going because I always saw it from the outside. We'd drive by and this thing's just huge. 
and went in there and got the ticket and and you know the outside's even beautiful and so forth and I went in and guess what I, I wasn't impressed not not because of all the rooms and so forth but I was so grieved by it because you start hearing the 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 lady you know what who just kept adding on and there's no doubt she was in bondage to the devil I mean she was listening to demons who told her you got to keep adding on the the day you quit adding on to this house is the day that you die I mean it's very very occultic and and creepy and so forth and you know what I'm going through it and I'm thinking man uh, I can't believe they're making money off this. What fool would pay to go into this place? I realize I'm that fool. <laughs> Disappointed. I'll tell you this new Jerusalem, there's no disappointment. There's no disappointment in what, what, what is set before us on the outside. There'll be no disappointment on the inside. Again, we'll just look at five verses tonight. And, and there's other scriptures as well that, allude to this new jerusalem and scripture but we're going to see that it that is abounding with life that again it will be full of even vegetation as you'll see the title of the message there is a pure river of water of life that runs through it it'll be a place of just continual perfect worship of god and activity you know what of serving and resting at the same time it won't be burdensome so again, it's not just going to be pure whiteness on a cloud with a toga and a heart floating around going, man, I wonder what they're doing in hell. Is ACDC playing down there? And it won't be playing down there. And again, as we've emphasized in all these things, it will be perfect contentment with Jesus forever and ever. There's not going to be like, oh, I wish this or I wish that. No, our desire perfectly to walk with God is we've seen he will be our God and will be his people a perfectly, you know, at a perfect content relationship with that, that want that comes from sin won't be there. That emptiness that comes, those depressions, that, you know, hopelessness, all those things that all of the times battle to some degree. And many people, they spend their whole life battling those things at deep degrees. But in the Lord, it will be a perfect contentment, a perfect relationship with our God forever. And as I've been tacking on to that thought throughout this as well, a, a perfect contentment in relationships with one another. No bickering, no jealousies, none of that stuff. No but just no taxes, that's right. <laughs> none of that. None of that will be there. Uh, and you know, beautifully, what we'll be reminded again tonight as we are throughout the word of God, your, your, your admission's already paid by the Lord Jesus Christ. He paid the price through his shed blood. And so he bought your ticket. Let me ask you, have you punched that ticket? Have you put faith in, are you registered in the new Jerusalem, so to speak? And there's only one way to get registered. Again, our sin keeps us from going in, absolutely. God's not bringing sin, the fruit of sin, rebellion, man's nonsense. There'll be no doctrines of demons, philosophies of fallen men, none of that stuff. Those things have separated us from God. But Christ will see tonight again. He's redeemed us from the curse through his shed blood. The sinless savior who lived a sinless life, who went to the cross to pay the penalty of our sin that was death in laying down his life. But praise God, death couldn't hold him because he was the sinless sacrifice. He conquered it in his resurrection. And so again, it's through faith in him 
through putting your trust in him to be your Lord, to be your Savior. Man, if you don't know him tonight, call upon the Lord tonight. It's time to get born again. It's time to quit putting off Jesus. It's time to let the Lord, let the Lord start working in your life. And I'll tell you, not only will you have eternal life, the Lord will begin to work to give you abundant life. And uh, I, wouldn't, I would be lying if I said there, there won't be pains involved and growing pains and trials. Those things will be there. I was talking to Shannon the other night and I said, without a doubt, the most painful thing I've ever done in my life has become a Christian. And some people are, oh, what are you talking about? What are you? You need to get that new Joel Steen book, your best life ever. <laughs> Dude, the most painful thing I ever did was become a Christian immediately had to begin to die to myself deny myself that's why paul said i die daily the lord said if you want to follow me take up your cross daily and follow me that's a picture of crucifixion and then you look at the spiritual warfare and the conflict i mean woe to the pastor that says come to jesus and all will be bliss practically it's it's going to be on but let me tell you the most painful thing but there is nothing that compares to the joy, the most joyous thing, the most glorious thing, the most hopeful thing, the most peaceful thing, the most wonderful thing that nothing begins to even compare with is becoming a Christian, being a follower of the Lord, having God even shape you that even all those difficulties, none of them are in vain. God works through all of them. And to even go through the fire with Jesus nothing better than that nothing better than letting the lord come and shape the mold and form our lives it's glorious and again none of it at all is in vain and in fact the lord said if you hold on to your life you'll lose it but if you lay it down for my sakes doesn't that sound like painful laying down your life but if you lay it down for my sake you'll gain it and that's not only talking about eternal life, that's just talking about abundant life here on the earth. You know, at the fruits of the Spirit of God, the hope of the Lord. How about just the blessing of the fellowship of brothers and sisters in the Lord? I mean, think about how blessed we are in a world that is just getting more and more hateful and more and more divided. That as we have our eyes on Jesus and we want to say, look, let's, let's by God's grace, Follow him according to the scripture. You know, the blessing, look at us here tonight. This is an eclectic group. There's a lot of different cultures and backgrounds and ethnicities and everything in this room. But what, what's gathered us together here is it not Jesus? And people started showing up here an hour early tonight. There was no food. Just to hang out and talk and laugh and get prayer and, you know, those types of things. And I know afterwards it will be the same and, Praise God, let's abound in that all the more. And as we see the day approaching, let's all the more, again, come together and exhort, encourage one another. So uh, let's read our text here, verse one through five, and uh, we'll make our way down through this. And again, we're gonna look at a lot of awesome things to come, as well as I think a lot of great applications and encouragements for right now. It says, and he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal proceeding from the throne of God and of the lamb and in the middle of the street and on either side of the river was the tree of life which bore 12 fruits each tree yielding its fruit every month the leaves of the tree 
were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of, and of the Lamb shall be in it. And his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face, and, he, and his name shall be on their foreheads. They shall be, there shall be no night there. They need no lamp, no light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign. Notice here, not 70 years, not 100 years, not 120 years, not 6,000 years, but forever and ever. Forever and ever. So again, John is continuing to get revelation. Revelation of Jesus Christ, as well, well as revelation again of, of uh Throughout the, the book, we've seen revelation of the church age. We've seen revelation of the great tribulation. We've seen revelation of the millennial reign of the Lord, the great right throne judgment, revelation of the, the old passing away. And now again, this revelation of the new heaven, the new earth, the new Jerusalem. And let's remember, I mean, John, John's getting these revelation. And I think in the revelation as well, because he's 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 there, so to speak. He's he's in spirit, seeing these things, and you know what? I have to wonder that as he's being shown these things, as he's there again, getting this revelation. Again, we know in glory there's going to be a perfect knowledge. We're going to know as we're known. But it seems as he continues to get revelation, there's as well going to be continual discovery, continual growing. Because just the depths of God, again, even in our glorified state, we're not going to be God. Amen. It says we're going to be like God, but we're not going to be God. It's, it's not, look at that, that, that gap's still going to be massive, you know? And so, again, who can know the height, the width, and the depth of the breadth of the love of God? And I just think, what an exciting thought of you know at heaven and glory and even this new heaven and this new earth when when the old has passed away all this is gone we got that final dispensation of forever with the lord perfectly content in god knowing as we're known and yet continually to grow through all of eternity of 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 learning more of god and and the depths of his love that's that's just exciting i don't know about you i get excited about about that so he shows them, again, a pure river of water of life. And again, notice here, it's pure. We'll come back to that in a second, but it's water of life. And, you know, think about just water itself. Where there's no water, there's no life, right? Amen. You gotta have water to have life. They say you can go maybe up to 40 days without food. Your body can go into a, you know, you fast after a couple days, your stomach will go to sleep. 40 days, it's going to awaken. And depending on probably your state going in, once that stomach awakens, you got to feed it soon or, or you're going to die soon after. You might be able to go four days without water. You need water to be able to survive. And it's interesting throughout the scriptures, water is a picture of life. We're talking about practically water, and then we're going to make an application here of, of, of what water teaches us spiritually. 
and things that God wants to have activated, so to speak, or manifested in our life, that we would abound in him. I even think about the garden, you know what, before man fell. There was no sin in the world when God created man on the sixth day. Again, Adam and Eve had a perfect relationship with one another. They had a perfect relationship with the Lord. There was no curse. There was no sin. There was no death. There was no pain. There was no suffering. There was no curse. And yet we do read that there was water there. And that the water was there to water the gardens. And then think about it. The Lord gave them trees in that garden to eat from. So they couldn't die because there was no sin, and yet God provided water and fruits from those trees that watered that garden to feed them and to sustain them. It's, it's, it's kind of one of those things you can go deep when you start thinking about it, you know? Because death came when sin came in, and yet God had water to drink, and he had the water as well to water the trees that they ate from. Genesis 2.10, now the river went out of Edom to water the garden. And from there it parted and became four river heads. So even before man fell, before the curse, God had water there to sustain life, even though they couldn't die until they sinned. A lot of mystery there. There's some mysteries in some of these things that, boy, we'll, we'll be able to find a lot. when we In this new Jerusalem, we're going we're gonna to get all the nitty-gritty of these things. And then look at how many times in Scripture, many times you even see the people of God getting into place practically where they did not have water practically. I think of Samson after he took the, the jawbone you know, of, of, a, of a donkey and it says he killed a thousand Philistines. And they were the enemies of God and he was involved in a righteous war. And those Philistines wanted to cut off Israel and the Messiah. They absolutely were antichrist. And the Lord had raised, this, raised, had raised up this judge that had a heap of problems. He really did. You ever look in the mirror and go, man, I'm, I'm acting like Samson right now. I know the Lord and look at me just engaging in the flesh left and right. But I'll tell you, when Samson was in the spirit, great things, great things unfolded. And he took that, that jawbone and he went and killed a thousand Philistines in a righteous war. But then immediately afterwards, he was so thirsty and there was, no, there was no water. And why did God allow that to happen? So Samson knew the victory came from God. Here he is with all this strength and all this might. And he says, he even said, paraphrasing, and am I gonna die now, Lord, because there's no water? And then the Lord, again, provided the water and the Lord put things in perspective for him. And how many times the Israelites, after they'd been delivered from Egypt through you know, at the shed blood of a lamb, which pointed forward to Jesus, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. They're out in that wilderness. And more than once, they'd go to a place where there was no water. I mean, we look at miracles in the book of Exodus and out through, throughout, you know, the, that time of those 40 years. And people think of, you know, the, the Red Sea splitting and the manna and so forth. But just the fact that there was probably 2 million Jews or Israelites at least the fact that for 40 years in that wilderness, they had enough water is a miracle from God. They had to have it to live. And look at this count here, Exodus 17, 5. Again, they come to a place where there's no water. And instead of praying, they're complaining. 
We don't want to be found in that place. And they're complaining against Moses. And Moses was crying out to the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, Go on before the people and take with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand your rod with which you uh, struck the river and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock of Oreb and you shall strike the rock and water will come out of that that the people may drink. And he went and he, he, he smote the rock and the, 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 the water came out. And then we read in the New Testament, the rock was Christ. Not, not that that literal rock was Christ, but Christ is the one that brought the water out of the rock. And they drank and they were provided for. But without water, they'd die. And then we looked at that thousand-year reign of Christ where so much will be put in order in a world that will still be fallen, but the Lord will reign over it. There'll be the perfect government dictatorship, but the dictator is the Lord Jesus Christ. And it'll rule with a rod of iron, but again, the knowledge of the Lord will be throughout the earth. And it will be an incredible, it will be the most golden age in the history, again, of man in this dispensation from the fall to the new heaven and the new earth and we read in that temple zechariah fourteen eight. in that day it shall be that living water shall flow from jerusalem in fact they flow from underneath the temple where the lord will reign half of them towards the eastern sea half of them towards the western sea in both summer and winter it shall occur and again we read that waters right now that are undrinkable Again, the Dead Sea and part of our Israel trip is we go down to the Dead Sea. And let me tell you, it's a Dead Sea. Lowest place on the face of the earth. And you know what? The times I've gone before, we take time, a couple hours to stop there. And you get to go out into that sea and you'll, no matter how hard you might try, you'll just float. You'll just float there. And the muds and things out of there, you know what? You rub that on your face, your, your skin will feel like a baby the next day. But it's dead. There's no, no fish are going to get you in there. Nothing's alive in there. But those waters will proceed there as the Mount of Olives splits, and it will become alive. It says there'll be a small part of marsh land that, that is still salty, but it will become bursting forth full of light again because life because that water will flow from underneath the temple god bringing life and then again in this new jerusalem we see this life this pure river of water of life and so it's just interesting because sin brings death before man fell there was no sin there was no death and yet water was there to provide life and then in the new Jerusalem, we're going to have glorified bodies. There will be no sin nature. There will be no sin. The curse will be lifted. And yet there will be a pure river of the water of life. And listen, all these things, no doubt, as we've already kind of alluded to, the point is back to the Lord. And maybe you're thinking, okay, Steve, we're talking about water back then and water to come, but what about right now? Well, right now, again, practically, we know we need water. And, uh, you know, hopefully you're drinking plenty of it. I know for a long time I was a Diet Coke drinker. I'll tell you, there's days I'd throw down a 12-pack, not of the beers, but the Diet Coke. And I was so stinking unhealthy. And, every, you know, my wife, you got to quit drinking those things, you know. Those things are going to kill you. And they were. 
And I finally just said, I, I started in junior high school because I was a wrestler and that was like my treat. I, I drink a Diet Coke because I'm always trying to cut weight and whatnot. And I remember I kept late 30s, I'm like, I'm done. I've never drinking one since the day I said I'm done and just went to water and it transformed my health. Transformed my health practically. Just completely, you know what, revitalized. I, I always said I'm way, I took my 30s off. I was way healthier in my 40s than in my 30s and now... You know, we won't get into the 50s here because I got my, my old man light up here right now. But listen, again, it's a picture of life. But, but you know what? All of this water, it's a picture of the Lord. Because listen to the scripture here, Jeremiah 2.13. And this is the difference of drinking of the waters of the Lord versus rejecting them for other waters, so to speak. He says, my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me. Notice the fountain of living waters. One of the names of the Lord is the fountain of living waters and whom for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. I don't know if you've noticed this in life, but when you walk with Jesus, there, there is an abundance of life that just comes from that walk no matter what you go through. But when we distance ourselves from the Lord, we begin to, as it says here, hoon our own systems to find our own water source sort of speak in our life initially you know what it seems like maybe there's a satisfaction but eventually you find this doesn't hold water i begin to thirst i begin to dry up it doesn't bring the satisfaction that's only found in him and i'll tell you this world today is full of broken cisterns and tonight if you need to get revitalized in your soul you need to get revitalized in your home Get back to drinking from the living waters of the Lord Jesus Christ. It all starts, if you don't know him, with salvation because we've seen references of salvation being associated with these living waters. Psalm 36, 7, how precious is your love kindness, O God. O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. So that's a picture of salvation. We put our trust in the lord they are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house and you give them drink from the river of your pleasures doesn't that sound awesome for with you is the fountain of life in you light we see so we put our trust in the lord and we begin to drink of those fountains of the living water and then think about what jesus said in john 4 13 as he's having that discussion with the woman at the well and using a practical well to try to teach her about spiritual things. He said, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst again. But that water that I shall, that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Again, is he your Lord tonight? You have a, a, a fountain of water springing up spiritually so to speak into that everlasting life the word of god is is a picture of waters of washing and refreshing and again sustaining and growing john 15 3 the lord said you're already clean because of the word which i have spoken to you again the word washes you know tonight as we're in here whether you know it or not even if we go through this whole Bible study and, and you're a believer and you're like, well, I forgot everything you said. I just remember the uh, mystery, the Winchester Mystery House. That's the only thing I remember. 
you're getting washed by the word. You know, it's, it's why it's just even having devotions is so important in that sometimes you hit those seasons where the word's maybe not popping. You know what I'm talking about? To be honest here, sometimes the word just pops and, you, and you're going and it's just like, man, man, the depth's what I'm seeing. And then sometimes you hit those seasons where it's like, man, I'm reading, but I just, I, I just don't feel like I'm anyone else. You just can't. But let me tell you, as you persevere, whether you know it or not, even when you're reading, you're getting washed. We read in uh, Ephesians 5.25, Husbands, love your wives. And all the ladies said, Amen. <laughs> Even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it, notice, with the washing of the word by his word. So again, we read about these living waters, but we're partakers of those living waters right now. You're like, I, I love the thought of these waters, this pure water that brings life. It starts with salvation with Jesus. And as we get in the word, the word will wash us and cleanse us. I mean, this is a dirty, ugly world, and there's just so much out there that wants to stick itself to us. Get in the word of God and get that stuff washed out and get truth coming in. And then, of course, look at these rivers of living water. It's a picture of the Holy Spirit of God. Tonight in Christ, you're sealed with the Spirit of God and the Lord wants to pour through our lives continually that river of living water. It's a torrent. I, we pray about it oftentimes. We've talked about it a lot of times. You know, that, that, that power of the Spirit of God to be a witness, that power of the Spirit of God to persevere, those fruits of the Spirit, those gifts that He gives us that He wants to empower us to walk into His glory to build our brothers and sisters up in the Lord and again to shine to a world that needs Jesus. Jesus said in John 7, 37, on that last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirst, maybe all this water talks made you thirsty. Maybe it stirred up a thirst in your soul. Do you thirst tonight? If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So we have access to these rivers of living water right now. We don't even need to wait for the new heaven and the new earth. But he spoke this concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. And again, we see pictures of acts and acts of they were sealed with the Spirit, but the Lord filled them with the Spirit. And on Pentecost, they spoke the word in boldness. And people say, oh, well, you know what? It was a one and done. No, chapter four, they're getting persecuted. And they just, you know, it, it, wasn't, a, it wasn't a bickering over theology and terms and so forth. They were just in a place where they were getting persecuted. And they said, God, we need your help. <laughs> And no one even said, fill me with your spirit. They just said, we need you, God. And they begin to worship God. And they begin to recite scripture. And Lord, here we are. And it says they were filled with the spirit. This is why I'm convinced there's some people that say, fill me with the spirit. And they never are because their heart's so distant from God. And they're trying to use formulas with God. And there's other people where maybe they don't understand these teachings, but they just grope for God. And they grope for God and, and they, 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 you know what, they, as they grope for God and worship God, the Lord just pours through them those, those torrents of living water. 
Because really when it comes down to the theology of the power of the Holy Spirit, it really is dependent upon, are you groping for God? Are you groping for him? And we want to grope and we want to ask because Jesus did say, how much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Halfway through verse one and we got like 17 minutes left. So anyhow, look at this water as clear as crystal. It's completely pure. There's no pollutants. Nothing needs to be filtered. I guarantee there'll be no fluoride in it. (laughs) It won't look like Flint, Michigan. Practically, it will be perfect. And then think about even as God pours out his spirit upon his children, how often his children pollute those waters. Ecclesiastes 10.1 says, Dead flies putrefy the perfumer's ointment and causes it to give off a foul odor. So does a little folly to one respected for wisdom and honor. Where you're filled with the Spirit of God and then all of a sudden the flesh gets involved. Ever happen? (laughs) I mean, so many pictures in the Scripture were even... Elijah, he had an upon experience. The Holy Spirit came upon him on Mount Carmel. And again, great victory. Fire comes down. The prophets of Baal and Ashereth are defeated. And then Jezebel raises up, I'm going to kill you. And then you see immediately Elijah running in the flesh. And it was like this great glory. And then all of a sudden, dead flies in the ointment of this beautiful victory. But God didn't forsake Elijah. He followed her to that cave and met him where he was at. Or even think about Peter, and again, it was before the full baptism of the Spirit, but he had an upon experience when he declared that Jesus Christ was the Son of the living God. And then in one of the next scenes, when the Lord's talking about going to the cross, Peter says, no, Lord, I forbid it. And the Lord says, get behind me, Satan. You're not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. And often we get filled with the Spirit, and there's joy, and have you, have you, have you noticed at times you hit a big sp- speed bump? And all of a sudden, like the flies come in and the works of the flesh come forth. And we read about quenching the spirit and grieving the spirit. First Thessalonians 5, 16, rejoice always, pray without ceasing and everything give thanks. This is the will of God and Christ Jesus for you. Look at those things, get those waters of the spirit of God flowing. We say, we're gonna rejoice. We're gonna give thanks. We're gonna pray. This is God's will for us. Then it says, do not quench the spirit. You know what quenches the spirit? grumbling seeking out man's counsel first over crying out to god never giving thanks not being thankful and then he says don't despise prophecies test all things hold fast to what is good abstain from reform of evil evil we say i'll 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 cleave to evil and shun what's good i'm going to despise the word those things quench the spirit look at all that's not a commentary on the water of the spirit of god but on us but praise God, he's merciful. Praise God, he's gracious. That's why he says, if you cry out, I'll pour out on you. But we cry out with an honesty, Lord, here I am and I need your help because I am a mess. Lord, come and pour out and wash away these dead flies. Wash away this flesh and strengthen me and get my eyes upon you. So let's return to that well every day and stay at that fountain of living water. Let's drink often. Drink often and cry out and we get in our hearts where we're not thirsting for the Lord because the Lord's the only one who will satisfy your thirst 
but wanting to stir a, a thirst for more of them. And again, Revelation 21, 6, we read it recently where he says, it is done on the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give the fountain of water of life freely to him who thirsts. So all of this is proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. And whether you know it or not, in verse 1 of Revelation 22, we see a picture of the Trinity. We see the throne with God the Father, the throne with God the Son, and this, again, river of water of life, no doubt, a representation of the Holy Spirit of God. Now notice verse 2, in the middle of its streets, and on either side of the river, there was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits, each yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healings of the nations. So again, we see this street, or in a second here, these streets of gold. And literally through the middle of it flows this pure river of water of life that is clear as crystal. With these trees, again, lining it 12 fruits so it seems like with every month there's a new fruit and that's interesting because again we know god dwells outside of time and space and again he can prophesy and he sees everything before it happens and when we enter into eternity it's going to be eternal but we also read about 12 months and years so trip out on that that's my comment what's your commentary on that steve trip out on that that's it (laughs) trip out on that (laughs) and so beautifully look at the variety again the devil works hard to to at least in my mind i always would vision heaven outside of scripture just this like whiteness and you know he works hard with these different pictures to even try to assault God in heaven and what it really is. And we see vibrancy here. We see vegetation here. No doubt, you know, at the glory. And then imagine if you had a tree that pumped out 12 different fruits all year long. I mean, you talk about a moneymaker, you know, Ed, how glorious and so forth. Side note here, it says here, uh, in the middle of the street, and notice it's not pluralized. We had a discussion at the workday. Will there be streets of gold in heaven or is it just a street of gold? And you know what I'm thinking? Well, I know, I know the new Jerusalem's the size of the moon. So uh, bigger than the moon. I'm thinking there's gonna be more than one street. It does say street, but the thing that's interesting is it's the same Greek word for street or streets in the scripture. And it's the Greek word platea, and it's where we get the phrase plot or plateau or open square. So whether it's streets or street, it's referring to the plot of land that is street. So in some places in scripture, like Matthew 6, 5, it talks about the Pharisees standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, but it's the exact same word here for street. So the context defines what it's, whether it's street or street. So though it says street here, you look at the context of the new Jerusalem being larger than the moon. I think the context would dictate, though it says street, it's streets, but it's probably one street that's connected all around. I got a sense in the new Jerusalem, are we ready for this? There's no dead ends. 
There's no dead ends. There's just streets that provide life. Yeah, no GPS even needed. And how glorious on this street or streets of gold, the plot that is for the street in the middle of it is this pure, pure, you know, crystal clear uh, flowing water that, that is water of life. I mean, what, what, a, what a glorious picture. And again, it's a tree of life. We know in the garden there was the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. We know Adam ate of that tree he was forbidden of and the curse came and we're in a fallen state now. Again, born again in the Lord. But in this, in this case, we'll be in a resurrected state. So we can eat of that tree of life. And again, every month, new fruits, no GMOs. <laughs> and again, it's a reminder as well as we're looking at these waters, they water the trees and they bring forth fruits. Read there in Galatians, those fruits of the spirit of God, those things will be the product of our life forever and ever and ever. And in Galatians 5, you read about the works of the flesh, no works of the flesh will be there. No jealousies, no bitterness, no busybodies, and so forth. Also, just something to consider in this, we can learn from these things. There's a real lessons, lesson in this, believe it or not, on patience, to learn to wait on the Lord and to act when he tells us to act and to refrain when he tells us to refrain. Because go back to the garden where the, there's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which man was forbid to eat. He says, if you eat of that, you're gonna die. That word death means separation. It meant a physical death is coming and a separation from God's holy. And Satan came along and said, look it, do you wanna be like God? Eat of this tree and you'll get forbidden knowledge. Now you could go down a whole conspiracy theory where people talk about the dark arts and hidden knowledge that certain high ups have. If that's even there, it's just all occultic stuff. And it probably is the case where most of our high-up political leaders, I mean, the satanic stuff's just, it, you know, it, it, it's all, the evidence of it is all there. Amen. And probably commuting di- directly with high-end demons and devils and so forth to come up with these deceptions that will usher in Antichrist. Because remember, he rises up out of the nations. But man wanted knowledge, he sinned, And really what he got was stupidity out of it. But hear this, the day's coming when we wait on the Lord. And as we're patient, when we're going to know all things. 1 Corinthians 13, 12. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. We got good things to look forward to. And then again, man ate from that tree wanting to be like God, which was a vile act of rebellion. Some people say, all he did was eat from a tree. No, he said, God, I'll be my own God. I don't need you telling me what to do. Big difference between that and, well, Adam, he ate the apple. He sinned and became subjected to death. But the day's coming again in our resurrected bodies. We won't be God, but the scripture says, we're going to be like God. Always better to wait on the Lord's plans. First John 3, 2, beloved, now we are children of God and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, notice, so no one calls me a heretic, we shall be like him 
for we shall see him as he is. And then again, after man's sin, no doubt, again, there was a temptation to eat from that tree of life and God, for, you know, God forbid it from happening. Remember, he put an angel there to guard the garden of Eden, lest they go and they eat of the tree of life, the scripture says, because if man would have ate of that tree in that fallen state, again, it's been argued that man would be in that place of a fallen state forever eating from that tree of life so god says it can't happen but when we came to christ we came to the tree of life when we put our faith in him we came to life and praise god we're going to eat of the tree of life forever so we want to wait patiently on the lord And then lastly in this verse, it says the leaves are for the healing of the nations. Now this is interesting as well. There's a bit of a mystery here because we already read all pain's gone. Every tear's wiped away. We are healed completely. And so these leaves are for the healing of the nations. There's a couple thoughts in this because remember it says that men will go in and out of the new Jerusalem and we considered are these individuals that go through the millennial reign of Christ and at the end they're not dead, they're in a natural body and does the Lord have something in mind where people will be in bodies like this but there's no sin? Because again, Adam was in a body like us and then he sinned. And so maybe those leaves are there for their healing and it's an encouragement for them to come and worship God for that healing. Again, I don't know. There'll be no sin, so there's no death, but there's, there's a mystery in that. And I think if someone said, oh, come on, I'll explain it all to you. Hogwash, man. The, there's some depths in this stuff. But I'll tell you the one thing that I do know that there'll be, it will be a eternal, eternal reminder of the healing we receive from Jesus Christ. We'll see those leaves and yeah, I got that healing. We'll never forget the work of the cross for all eternity. And we'll rejoice and we'll say, thank you, Lord. They, I, well, I, we'll, we'll be like a million years in, we'll be like, I don't even deserve to be here. And you're like, oh, bro, neither do I. And you go, trip out on that. We're here because of Jesus. In fact, the scripture talks about how we'll, we'll, we'll be like his trophies. In Ephesians, it talks about it. Uh, we'll, we'll be the, 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 like on a trophy of, of a picture of God's love you know it forever a reminder we're here because God loved us reminding us and declaring the glory of God forever and ever and ever we'll stop there we'll pick it up at verse 3 I guess we fell short there but hopefully you've been ministered to tonight there's a lot in these verses and so we might have four more weeks in revelation 22 not three more a man plans his way but the lord directs his steps so heavenly father we bless and praise you we just thank you god oh lord we thank you that you're so good lord we thank you for the great hope we have in you i thank you lord that in christ god we we are we are partakers of that living water right now I thank you that tonight, God, again, your holy scriptures have have washed us. Lord, we've gotten teaching tonight to, again, wash away the nonsense of the flesh and the world and just that refreshing that comes 
through, this ain't a dead book, this book is living and active. And oh Lord, we thank you for the person of the Spirit of God. And Lord, I would just hope and pray we'd be a people that say, yes, Lord, I want to grope for you. Fill me up. Lord, fill me up, Lord. Let that joy and the love of the Lord just abound in me. Lord, give me some unction from upon high to be bold for Jesus in just a, in a loving way, not in a fleshly way. Lord, our time here is short and you've put us here. God, to be about your business. And we don't want to be about your business on our own, Lord. We, we don't want the hands of the flesh to try to do the work of the Lord. We want to be a people with your word in our hands and a people working in the strength and power of the Spirit of God who so help us. And listen, we've talked a lot about what Jesus has done for us tonight and how salvation is only through him. And if you haven't called upon him, today's the day of salvation. And the scriptures do indeed declare the truth that whoever, that's everyone, whoever would call upon the Lord would be saved. That's asking Jesus to be the Lord of your life. As I oftentimes say, it's the only free gift that will cost you your life because you're saying, Jesus, be my Lord. I'm not Lord. Jesus, be my Lord. Wash me, forgive me, save me. I'm repenting. I'm turning from my way to put my trust in you. He'll meet you where you're at. He'll pick you up off the mat, so to speak. He'll wash you, dust you off, register in heaven. He'll seal you with the Spirit, and He'll begin a good work. Lord, ending in that place, meet them where they are right now. Even right there in the quietness of your heart, say, Lord, here I am. Meet me where I'm at, God. And listen, if that's you, I encourage you to tell someone. Lord said, we confess him before men. He'll confess us before us, Father in heaven. That Bible's right out that back door to your left. Go out there, grab a Bible. Get plugged in. Again, I'd love to pray with you tonight. That's you. There's others here that would love to pray with you. Maybe a believer brought you here tonight. Talk to them. Bless the rest of our evening. We just thank you, God, for your goodness. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. And we sit together.